Well, it's good to be here. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys are ready for Christmas? No way. You're... Oh, my goodness. These guys, these organizationally skilled people. I'm the guy that was always out on, like, uh, Christmas Eve, you know, running around the mall, getting shoved around by women. Hey, you're not even supposed to be in here. But one thing is, the older I get, can anyone relate to this? The older I get, the faster time flies. Isn't that true? I mean, and some of the kids are like, man, it takes forever for Christmas to get here. And I used to be that way when I was young. I was like, man, it seemed like Christmas was every four years. But now that I'm old, it seems like I just got done with last Christmas. And now I got another Christmas. In fact, I just got done paying for last Christmas, if I'm honest. But I tell you what, the reality is when it comes to Christmas, most of us land on one or two hills. Okay. You're either a Christmas survivor or you're a Christmas thriver. Now I'm just going to be honest. I'm a Christmas survivor. Now my wife and kids, they're thrivers, man. They got all the decorations up. They're all in the spirit. Me, I'm like, man, uh, I'm just thinking, golly, this is just going to be more work. It's like decorations, food, presents, stores. My kids came home, which I'm glad for that. But most people are singing Jingle Bells. Most of the time I'm singing Jingle Hell. It just goes on and on and on and on. There's shopping, airplanes, in-laws, fattening foods, leaves to rake, cookies to bake. It just goes on and on. So just uh, silently, let me ask you this question. Are you a thriver, Christmas thriver, you just love it and it's just all happy, happy, joy, joy? Or are you more like me? You're just a Christmas survivor. Where do you fall and where do you land and why? With all the work that's involved in Christmas, if you're a thriver, I want you to have a little bit of understanding for us survivors. Because you know, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of stuff that we have to do. I mean, you might be a thriver, but can you relate? I have all these great excuses for being a survivor. But this is my point. When I'm focused on the stuff I got to do, the negative stuff in my life, it takes away and distracts from the whole meaning and purpose of Christmas. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about why Christmas. Why do we do this Christmas thing every year? I mean, why? It's a good question. Part of what we do and why we do Christmas is just to remember is to remember the goodness that we have in our life, is to remember Jesus, to remember the birth of Christ and all the good things that we have in our life. And, you know, when you think about Christmas, there's some words that come up. In fact, let me ask you, what words do you think associate with Christmas? That's one of them I was thinking of. What else? Peace. There's another one. Love, joy, peace. And those are Christmas words, aren't they? But, you know, when you think about how I started talking about i got to set up the lights, i got to rake the yard, i got to bake cookies, i got to do this. I mean, you know, when I'm focused on the negative stuff, really when I'm focused on myself, it can distract from the love and the joy and the peace that Christmas is all about. And I don't know. Maybe the same is true for you. Maybe the lights and the shopping, the trees, Santa and travel can take your focus off the reason for the season. So I kind of made a promise to myself this week that from now on, I'm going to at least make a conscious effort. Instead of being a Christmas survivor, I'm going to try to join some of you guys and become a Christmas thriver. I think the key is, it sounds simple, but I think the key is to focus on Jesus. 
the bringer of peace, the prince of peace. And first verse that I want to share with you comes from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Like all my complaining, you know, about what I have to do. And it says, especially the sin, which complaining is, that so easily trips us up. Check this out. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In other words, we're called to do something. We do this by keeping our eyes on what? Okay, just making sure you're with me. Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And if you feel like you're in survival mode, During Christmas, chances are you're focusing on all the tensions and you're overlooking Jesus. And when you overlook Jesus, you move from thrive to survive. You end up kind of being like me. But when you focus on Jesus, you celebrate. So let me ask you a question. Why Christmas? Why do we do Christmas? To celebrate. We do it to remember, but we do it to celebrate. To celebrate the birth of Christ. And when you overlook Jesus, I mean, you just kind of the joy, the peace, and the love kind of goes away. So Jesus is the key to Christmas and focusing in on him. Uh, Rick Warren wrote this. I, I read this in one of his Christmas books. He says, ironically, at most Christmas parties, the person whose birthday you're supposed to be celebrating is completely ignored. He's never even mentioned. Although Jesus is the reason for the season, he's often overlooked or merely mentioned along with Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus, the Grinch, the Elves, and a long list of celebrated fictional characters. He's often overlooked. And I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with Santa Claus. There's nothing wrong. I love the movie Elf. You know what I mean? It's great. You know, it's hilarious. All these things are great. But when they take the place of the greatest thing that we all have, which is Christ in our lives, then that's when we start losing track of the direction and the place that we're supposed to be. So this year, you're like, aren't you a preacher? Aren't you supposed to focus on Jesus all the time? Well, it's not always that easy. And sometimes the distractions and the tensions of life can just take me away from my calling, my calling to focus on Jesus, which brings the peace and the love and the joy. So I got a question for you. Because this isn't just a Christmas thing. This is a 24-7, 365 days, 12-month-a-year thing. If I could help you focus more on Jesus, would you guys be in? You think so? Yeah. Because that's what brings the love, the joy, the peace. I mean, Jesus is not just the reason for the season, but he's the reason for all seasons. And we want to try to celebrate him all the time. So I'm going to go ahead and dig in. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, and that's the story of the birth of Christ. I always encourage people uh, during Christmas to read this over and over, because when you do, what you'll find is things you never noticed before in the narrative. And so Luke chapter 2, I found something new in here that I want to point out this week. It goes like this. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Watch this. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in the heart. And here's the new thing I kind of found in this text. Check this out. Verse 20. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. See, there was something about this encounter with Jesus that the shepherds had that triggered something deep within their soul. There was something there. There was this uncontrollable excitement. And the text we just looked at is about the birth of Jesus, of course. But hidden in there is the appropriate response. Let me ask you, what did they do? What was the response of the shepherds? They heard about Jesus. They went to see Jesus. And then what was their response? It's in verse 20. They went back glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen. Just as You know what they did? They celebrated. They said, wow. Christ the Lord is here. And they began to celebrate. And if you can imagine what that would look like, man, I can see them kind of jumping and high-fiving and praising. Let's go tell everybody about this amazing thing that just happened. And so for us, our appropriate response during Christmas is complaining about all the work we have to do, right? You know what they call me at my house? You have to not talk when I'm preaching. She's got me down. They call me the Grinch, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, April's such a Christmas thriver in my kids. There are, I don't know how many Christmas trees are in my house. I don't know. One year I just went around and counted on them, and a few of them were real. And, of course, I'm counting money when I see trees. You know what I mean? How did we afford that many trees? So I went to my honey, where did we get all these trees? Well, your mother bought that one. My mother bought that one. What she's saying is we only bought one, but we had like 11 trees in the house. I mean, it's like every room has a, there's even a little gator tree. I like that one in my gator cave, you know, over there with little gator basketballs and stuff all over. It's pretty cool. The only room in the house that doesn't have a tree is, is my room. And I think the reason is, is because I tend to get up sleepy in the middle of the night. And she's afraid I'd walk into it. And but she's just this thriver and I'm just this Grinch. And if you know, if I'm honest with myself, it's because I'm not celebrating. I mean, Christmas is the time to celebrate and to celebrate Jesus. When we look at these shepherds, there's this excitement. Let me ask you something. Because most of you guys have been Christians for a while. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? You were a new Christian. Do you remember that excitement that you had? I love meeting with new believers because they're all excited. You know what I mean? And they're excited about it. They actually read their Bible. And you can tell they're excited and they're not pronouncing the names 
of the books right. One guy said, you know, I'm reading the book of uh, the Philippines, you know what I mean? And I'm like, Philippines, oh, Philippians, yeah, yeah, oh, is that what it is? And, and the, uh, I was reading uh, uh, Malachi, you know, the Italian prophet. And I'm like, no, that's, that's Malachi. No, they don't have all this knowledge, but they have all this excitement and all this joy. And what happens to that? That's the question. For those of us who've been Christians, what happens to the joy? You know, sometimes I think we just forget. I just think we forget and we don't focus on the positives. We begin to focus on, you know, just stuff. And, and Christianity becomes more about information when it's really, listen, here, here's kind of the message. Christianity should be at its core about celebration. When you think about all that we have in Christ, when you think about our future, when you think about our sins being forgiven, when you think about where we're headed, when what we're doing, I mean, this is a reason for celebration. It really is. I can imagine if it was taken away from us tomorrow, I've been reading this thing. If I lost everything tomorrow that I had today, how much would I be appreciated the day before? But if it was taken away from us and then given back, how much would we celebrate Christ and what he's done in our life. And sometimes we just got so much going on. It's not fault. It's just human nature. We forget. We forget the goodness of God. And so here's something I want you to understand. We are a people of forgetting, yet our faith is strengthened by remembering. Remembering the goodness. Part of what I love about what Bill does is praises. Why does he do that? Why does he do that every week? Bill, why do you do the praises every week? Because you know what? That strengthens us. We're remembering. We're sharing these stories. We're remembering God's goodness in our life. And we tend to forget, but we need to remember all that God's done for us. You know, one thing that I try to tell people I'm not really good at, I wish I was better at, is journaling. I have a daughter that's just a great journaler. And it's amazing when she goes, oh, I was looking back at my journal two years ago. Look what God did. See, that helps me remember. Because as we're, we tend to be a people of forgetting. Did you know that in the Bible, hundreds of times in Scripture, we're told to remember? If you forget, you're not alone. There's this long list of forgetful followers that we see in Scripture. In the Old Testament, book after book and chapter after chapter is filled with these God followers who were so forgetful. I mean, God would provide for them, and then they would just kind of forget. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was here, and we saw the scripture where the Israelites were slaves, and then they were freed, and then they were out in the desert, and they started complaining. Remember the good food we had when we were in Egypt? And that's just human nature. We just tend to forget. And God's people we see in the Bible, they're being provided for. And the next day they turn their back on him and, you know, they're worshiping idols, which tends to be the way that we go as well. I mean, Moses, here's, here's an illustration. Moses goes up to the mount to get the Ten Commandments. He's up there a little while. What happens? What happens? Do you remember what happens? Check it out. Then the Lord told Moses, he's still up there getting the Ten Commandments. Quick, go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. They have already turned from the way I commanded them to live. They have made an idol shaped like a calf, and they have worshipped and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. I mean, it sounds like a skit on Saturday Night Live. 
But it really like happened. You know what I mean? It would be funny if it didn't happen. You know, happens in the New Testament as well. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. He feeds 4,000 people. His followers are seeing this. A few days later, they're in a similar situation. Jesus tells them, don't let these people go hungry. You know what they say? How are we going to feed them? You know what I mean? Where are we going to get food? It's like, really? Really? Check this out. Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of food that were left over? Don't you remember the 4,000 I fed with seven loads? Here's my point. We forget. Human beings tend to forget good things that happen and good things about God and good things about our life. Don't forget. That's the message Jesus has given him. And I wish I could distance myself from the knuckleheads in the Bible, but guess what? I can't because they remind me of myself. That's what's so amazing about Scripture. You start reading and go, yeah, I do that. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I hate to admit it, but as far as I've walked in my journey with Christ, doing ministry, learning all this stuff, all this theology, I still tend to just do the same things and forget God's goodness. I forget to worship Him for all He's done. Here's the thing. We need to celebrate. We're a people who need to celebrate. You, me, and all of us. I need to celebrate, check this out, that because of Jesus, I've been saved. Because of Jesus, I don't have to pay for my sins. Because of Jesus, I have God's power in me today. Because of Jesus, there's a place reserved for me in heaven. Because of Jesus, I can keep growing as a human being. I don't have to stay the same. Is there anybody here that just needs to be reminded about God's goodness? You know, Jesus knew that we would need to be reminded. That's why he instituted communion. And when we take communion, he said, do this in what? Remembrance of me. Why? Because we forget. We do. We just tend to forget. In the Old Testament, they had seven festivals or feasts. Do you know why they had seven festivals? It was all about remembering God's goodness. And they also had everyday reminders. They wore tassels. Check this out from Numbers. The tassels, this is why they wore them, will remind you of the commands of the Lord and that you are to obey the commands instead of following your own desires and going your own ways as you are prone to do. That reminds me of me going my own way. Oh, I got to go to the store. Oh, I got to do the grass. Oh. We tend to forget. Life, the, and the pressures of life have a way of becoming our primary focus. And when that happens, Jesus just gets squeezed out of the picture. So what I thought is I've brought in a bunch of tassels today. And I thought I would pass them out. And sure, if it's okay, if they look good, we're going to all wear tassels from here all out. What do you think? Yeah, he's like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> No, we're not going to do that. But we do need something to remind us. So I came up with something that we might see during Christmas season that would remind us. Anybody got any change or are we all plastic in here? Anybody got nickels, dimes, quarters? Everybody's like, no, we don't have. Hey, there's some change over there. Okay, all right. This is what I want you to do. If you see change when you're out, if you see people actually receiving change, I want you to remember some things, Okay. And the first thing I want to talk about is the penny. If you see a penny, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember so you can celebrate Christmas. The penny represents my past is forgiven. See a penny during this month, I want you to remember your past is forgiving. And you're going to celebrate that your past has been forgiven. 
And because of Jesus, we can celebrate that He came to wipe away our sins and that our past is forgiven. And that's why He was born. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. So when you see a penny, remember, my past is forgiven. Mark 2.17. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but have come to call sinners. Why did Jesus come? To save sinners. Who's a sinner? Everybody. All of humanity. All of humanity. So one of the reasons that we celebrate is we're forgiven. We're safe. What am I safe from? Well, you're safe from spending an eternity apart from God. Uh, Romans 4, 7, and 8. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Look at that word joy. What joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose sin is no longer counted against them. Twice we see joy in there. And it's all about remembering, remembering that. Salvation's free for you and for me. Here's the point I want to make. It doesn't cost you a penny. But I want that penny to remind you that your past is forgiven. Now the next coin I want to pull up is the nickel. The penny represents my past is forgiven. But the nickel represents that now God's Spirit lives in me. That now, right now. Do you know if you're a believer of Jesus Christ that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And that's big time. Okay? That's why you guys are different. That's why you do the things that you do. And every time you see a nickel, I want you to remember, okay, yeah, the penny, my past is forgiven. But the nickel, you know what? Right now, God's Spirit lives in me. And that's a reason to celebrate. You can celebrate because God has invaded you with His Spirit, that He's changed your heart, that He lives in you. You don't have to go through life alone. You're not alone. And I believe most of the mess we get in in our lives is because we just forget. God's Spirit lives in me. He resides in me. So, you know, we just go our own way. And we think that God's distant somehow, as opposed to now His Spirit lives in me. Romans 8 and 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. It's a reason to celebrate. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. How? It's through Him who strengthens me because His Spirit lives within me. So when you see the penny, I want you to remember my past is forgiven. I can celebrate Christmas because my sins are not counted against me. And you see the nickel, I want you to remember now God's Spirit lives within me. You could celebrate that God's Spirit lives within you, that you're not alone, that He's constantly with you, encouraging you. Now the dime reminds me, this is another reason to celebrate, of a determined destiny. The dime can remind you of a determined destiny that we're all headed the same place, which is, where are we headed? Heaven, right? We're going to live with God. Sometimes Christmas for some of us is a time of great joy. For other people, Christmas can be a time of sorrow because of loss or because of reminders. And in this world, there's good, there's bad, there's ups, there's downs. But the good thing that we can celebrate is we're headed in a direction where things will be different where there will be no more crying, where there will be no more pain. The dime reminds me of a determined destiny. John 5, 24. I assure you, words of Jesus, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life 
They will never be condemned for their sins. But this, I love this part. But they have already passed from death to life. Already. It's a done deal. You have a determined destiny. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a personal relationship. There's a place for you in heaven. Is that a reason to celebrate? I mean, seriously, we, we believe this. So when we're reminded of, these, of the goodness of God and the things that we have and we receive from God, I mean, it's a reason to celebrate. Now I don't have to worry about all the stuff I can do. If I take my focus off of me and the stuff I have to do and the negative stuff and I put it on, the, on Jesus, all of a sudden it gives me a reason to celebrate. And we can celebrate because my life doesn't end here. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, death has no sting. That's what the Bible tells us. I don't know if you know who Tony Campolo is. He's a writer, Christian author, written a bunch of books. Well, in one of his books, he tells the story of his father passing away. And his family's all gathered in the hospital room. They're gathered around his bed. His father's in and out of consciousness. And the, the nurse tells him, hey, the time is near. It, we're close. Your father's not going to be with us much longer. And so they hold his hand, but they don't know if he can hear him because he's unconscious. Well, all of a sudden he sits up and with a loud voice says, Death, where is your sting? Death, where is your sting? And everybody's kind of like, what is dad losing it? Death, where is your sting? And then he goes back down and stops breathing. Amazing story. The question is, as he was passing over, was he able to somehow see something or experience something? I think so. I have a dear friend of mine whose wife got cancer and fought it. They said she would be gone in three or four months. She fought it for about seven years. I don't know how many surgeries she had. Double-digit surgeries, chemo. She was a fighter. Well, at the end of her time, she was home with a hospice nurse and the tumors had gotten so bad she was blind. She could not close her mouth. It was open all the time. The hospice nurse went to get my friend and said, you need to come now. She's, she's not breathing regularly. I think we're close. So he goes down and holds his wife's hand. And Very similar situation to Tony Campolo. Doesn't know if she's aware. And he said, you know, she physically could not close her mouth for two weeks. He said, but she closed her mouth and smiled and then she quit breathing and he asked me he goes Lenny do you think she I'm like I I think so that at that moment she was able to see something beautiful and amazing and if you're a follower of Jesus we have a determined destiny we have a, a direction that we're going and let me tell you something with all we go through in life we as believers, if that's not a reason to celebrate, I don't know what is. But we have to remember that. Every time you see that dime, the penny I want you to remember, my past is forgiven. You know what? All that stuff I did, and we all got it, it doesn't count against me anymore. N- nickel, now God's Spirit resides in me. But the dime, I have a determined destiny. I'm headed for a direction where we're all going to be together. When you get down, look up. Remember where you're headed. Romans 5.21. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead. 
giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the last but not least is the quarter. And the quarter represents quantum growth, spiritual growth. And we're all growing. Hopefully we're growing. And when you see a quarter, I want you to remember, yeah, my past is forgiven. Yes, God's Spirit lives in me. We're all headed for heaven. But you know what? We can still grow. We can still grow as human beings. And that's a reason for celebration. I mean, who doesn't want to grow as a human being? We all want to grow, right? We all want to mature. All of us do. And we can celebrate that I can continue to grow. I don't have to stay the same. I can celebrate. I can grow spiritually. And every time you see a quarter, I want you to remember that. Matthew 13, 4 and 8. As he scattered them across his field, this is a parable, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. These seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. And that's a reason to celebrate, is because we can continue to grow. It's a sacred privilege, and it's a reality of us who pursue the faith that we can grow. And there's a whole lot to celebrate when you think about Christmas. There's a whole lot to celebrate when you think about Jesus and what he's done in our life and what our future is. And so during this time, and I'm kind of preaching to myself this week, I'm going to try to quit being the survivor, grumpy, grinchy guy. I'm going to make this, and y'all can call April, see how I'm doing. And I'm going to try to move over and become a thriver. And I think the only way that I can do that is to take my focus off of myself and place my focus on Jesus and what he offers us. What would it look like? Let me ask you this. What would your life look like if this wasn't just a December thing? If every morning we woke up with the attitude, you know what? God's called me to celebrate. If we woke up and we said, you know what, instead of focusing on all my problems, yeah, my problems are going to be there. Yeah, my problems are probably going to work out. They usually do. Instead of focusing on that, I'm going to focus on Jesus and the good things in my life, and I'm going to celebrate Jesus each and every day. How do you think that would change your attitude? How do you think that would change your outlook? How do you think that would change your life? I think it would change it a lot. And that's what God's called us to be as the people of God. If every time you saw a penny, you went, yeah. My past is forgiven. For every time you saw the nickel, you you know what? God's spirit empowers me and lives in me. For every time you saw a dime, you know what? I have a determined destiny. I'm headed for heaven. And every time you saw that quarter, I can continue to grow. What do you think your life would look like? I think your life would be a lot richer. I think your faith would be a lot stronger. I think your struggles, they'd still be there, but they'd be a lot lighter. I really do. I think your perspective in life would be brighter. I just think everything would continue to change for you. What if we became people who instead of becoming forgetful were remembered for having unforgettable faith, an unforgettable attitude of celebration? What if? I want to share this with you, and I kind of showed it already, but Exodus. And you must, watch this, remember to celebrate. You must remember to celebrate. See, we celebrate Christmas to remember. We exchange gifts to remember the greatest gift that has ever been given us, Christ Jesus. 
So every time you see a coin this Christmas, I want you to remember, your past is forgiven. The Spirit of God lives in you. You have a determined destiny. And you can grow. You can have quantum growth. Pray with me. God, I pray for those of us in here who are approaching this season in survival mode like myself. Lord, thank you, God, for all you do through us and offer us through Jesus. What a gift. God, I pray that this coin illustration would be like tassels for us to remember all that you've done and continue to do and to celebrate that. Drive it deep into our minds so that we can remember to celebrate you, Lord, not only this month, but Lord, every day of the year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.